You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with hosts Rick and Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. Hello and welcome to Trucking 101, surviving your first year. Our mission is to find and pass along knowledge to new drivers that will make them the safest drivers on the road and provide a firm stepping stone into a successful career. My name is Rick and beside me is my talented wife, Melissa. If you have any questions, a comment, or a topic, press one and one of our group members, Becky, will screen your call, see if we can't get you on. We have a specific topic we want to work on tonight, but we're open for any questions that you have, so don't let this restrict your your call. Your asking questions. Our topic tonight is trip planning. We'll be going over best practices. If you have a question on this topic or anything else, press one. If you have something to share on this topic, also press run one, and we'll try and get you on. One of the most important parts of being a successful trucker is trip planning. One of the important things to remember is when planning your trip, look up your shipper and receiver on Google. Try and make sure you get a, uh, a street view also. I, I personally, I, I love Google because you can, you can uh, not only get directions from where you're at to your shipper or receiver, uh, you can also use the street view to see exactly what's going on around it. So, you know, I actually will go on there and look at, uh, try and find signs that says no trucks or trucks go here or shipping entrance or receiving entrance. And most of the time you can find that stuff. So it's, you know, those are, that's a great tool. The Rand McNally is, is what we use. And if you have a Rand McNally, you also have access to Google Maps. Most most companies provide directions to get to the shippers and receiver, and if they don't, just go ahead and call your shipper and receiver and get directions from them. Okay, so some questions to ask yourself when you're planning your trip. You want to ask yourself, how many hours do you have? Make sure you have enough hours to pick up the trip, pick up the load, um, get to a parking spot for the night and, you know, so you don't run out, run out of hours and get stuck somewhere. How much time do you have to deliver? You want to look at the entire trip from start to finish, plan the whole thing, all of your stops every night, um, and figure out where you're going to park, put a backup in place in case your first choice falls through. If you have extra time, you need to get to your destination as soon as possible so you can do a 34-hour reset. It's always good to do a 34-hour reset. You get a fresh 70-hour, and then you're good to go again. Now, you don't have to do this. If you uh, are the type of person that is really time efficient, then what you can do in order to avoid 34-hour resets if you keep it every day is average eight and a half hours of on-duty time. Now, that's driving and on-duty time, so fueling, loading, unloading, drop and hook, all of that. So you want to average eight and a half hours. Rick and I used to do this when we were on a dedicated run. We tried to average eight and a half hours, so we didn't have to do a 34-hour reset because at that place, there was an effect, which made the 34-hour reset kind of a pain. That rule, in effect, that rule is not in effect anymore, so you don't have to worry about it. But um, we didn't really do a whole lot of driving on the weekends. So we knew that during the week, we could actually drive 10 and a half hours Monday through Friday because the hours that we drove on Sunday, Saturday and Sunday would average out to eight and a half, and we never had to do a 34-hour reset. So that's just something to think about when you're planning your week, how you want to handle your hours of service. One very important part of planning your trip is mapping your route. You want to get your origin, your destination. You want to get out your Rand McNally Atlas, and you want to 
map your route all the way through. We like to get a grease pencil and draw, trace the route all the way through the map. Uh, we do it on the, on the big one that shows the entire United States. So you just get a basic view of what you're doing. And then we go through each state and highlight the route that we're taking. And then we'll put little tabs on the pages so we can flip from state to state and we don't get lost and we can do it really easily. And we're also comparing those to what we're seeing on our GPS to make sure that, that everything's going like it's supposed to. Right. Uh, matching up your GPS with your map is a bit of a skill. Uh, it's kind of hard to describe over the radio, but if that's something that you want to do, we can work with you personally on that. But we like to get our GPS to match with the map. So you can do that. Uh, it's a, a learned skill, but it, but it can be done. It's not really very hard. Well, I mean, but it's just hard to describe on the air. Yeah. Uh, did you check your weather on your route? It's very important to check your weather on your route, especially during the winter, to make sure you're not going to run into any storms. And if there is a storm predicted, make sure you have a safe place, place to park if you're going to drive through it. Uh, at this time, I'm going to take a little break, and I am going to remind everybody that if you have a question, a comment, or a topic, press 1, and we'll get your call screened. Okay, moving on. Another question to ask yourself. Where are you parking tonight? Figure out where you're going to park when you run out of hours, or even before you run out of hours, to make sure that you can find a space. Make that a plan. Have a backup in place. In case your first choice falls through and it's full and you can't find a space there, you can move on to your backup. Lastly, can you reserve a space if you need to? So at this point, I am going to bring on Russ Morgan, and he's going to talk a little more about that. Hold on just a second. There he is. Okay. I'm here. Hey, Russ, oh, you're on are the you air. Sure I'm here. Hey, yeah, you're, good. you're here. Good, good, good. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, with the last thing you just said, the backup park location, uh, I um, this was here. This was a couple of days ago. I'd had one of those days uh, where. Oh no! <laughs> okay, so Russ's call just dropped. Hopefully, he can call back in. Uh, but he was going to tell a story about the fact that he went to go to his first choice and it fell through and he had to move on to his backup, but he had that planned in. So it was, it was all good. He found a place to park and it was fine. So we're just going to move on to the next part and see if we can get Russ back on in a few minutes. Uh, just, uh, just to finish off that thought when it, when it comes to stopping uh, and Russell will probably talk about this, if we can get him back oh, on. We got him back. Oh, Welcome back, Notice Russ. that. <laughs> okay. Hey, Go don't, ahead. Don't hit that button that says hang up. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I wasn't anywhere close to it. I'm sitting on my bunk and the, and the uh, uh, phone's on the dash, so. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, uh, the backup park location, that's that's a must, and, and I found out just how important it was the other night. Um, a couple, uh, so just a few days ago, and I'd had one of the days where, Absolutely nothing went right. Um, went to a shipper, picked up, a, uh, found my trailer was broke, tandems wouldn't slide. Um, spent about an hour or so getting that fixed, and like I said, just absolutely nothing went right. I got put behind and put behind and put behind. Everywhere I went, I got something happened. So anyway, I get to the last place that I'm going to pick up, and I should have been there way early in the afternoon. Of course, I, now it's late at night, and I'm running out of my 14-hour clock. I still got about two hours when I get there. So get there, and I've got a bad pickup number. So after we finally get all that mess worked out, now I'm down to about an hour. Well, there's a little mom-and-pop little uh, – it's got like five or six spaces. Uh, this literally three miles from where I'm at. And I use it uh, quite regular when I'm up there just because about 95% of the time that I've been there, I'm the only one in the parking lot. So I'm sitting here thinking, you know what, I'll, I'll mosey over there, I'll sit down for the night, I'll be good, because, I, I mean, almost never anybody there. So, and that's exactly what I did. I finally got loaded up, I mosey over there, and there's six trucks sitting in there, all from the same company, and I can't park. So, <laughs> luckily, wow. I did have, 
Yeah, yeah. I, this, I mean, I was shocked. I was literally shocked. I'm, like I said, I'm usually the only one in the parking lot. And right. so, and, you know, and that's usually my backup location. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, I knew, uh, I, I don't know what is it, it's like 15 or 20 miles up the road. There was, uh, there's about four or five truck stops up there. And I went and I looked on, uh, uh what's the app called uh, trucker's path. And it showed that they still had some spots there. And then I went actually to, uh, the, uh, fly, pilot flying J app and they still had some paid spots up there. So, um, I went ahead and went up there and cause usually I can park behind the shop. But um, yeah, I, if I hadn't had the backup location, I, you, you know, I may have been in trouble because I mean I yep. was running out of hours. And what was bad is my usual backup location. Well, for some reason, I don't know if they were all delivering over there or what, but all the same company, and they were all it was, you know, six trucks sitting in there, and I couldn't park. Yeah. So, but, um, and uh, on. On the pre-trip, I, I caught part of it, and part of it I was on the phone with the screener. But uh, um, my pre-trip's probably a little different. I'm uh, not pre-trip. I'm sorry. My uh, uh, trip plan's probably a little different than everybody because I, you know, I run usually the same four states. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you pretty well hit all the points that I would have hit. Uh, you know, number one, do I have all the, you know enough hours to run the load? Um, and then if I'm not familiar with the location, I do the same thing, man. I, I, I whip out Google Earth and run on my phone and look and, hey, can I park here? Can I maybe slide over there and spend the night? Can, you know, what kind of routes are there? How, you know, if I see if I can see any tight turns. Um, you know, how much room, you know, if I, especially if I've got an appointment, I'll try to look and see how much room the shipper or receiver has. So if I show up an hour early and it's appointment, uh, you know, am I going to be in the way of other trucks, and are they going to run me off? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then, of course, you know, sit down and figure out, you know, if, uh, yeah, I've got enough hours. Can I, you know, can I park there? Uh, can I, uh, uh, where was I going with that? I got, sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> anyway, can I park there? Uh, can I, uh, you know, kind of what's going on in the area with Google Earth? Yeah, and then um, um, you know, then I look at where I'm going, and like I said, since I kind of run the air, uh, same areas all the time, I got why I don't have to do that a lot. I go to a lot of the same customers, uh, uh, and then again, uh, a lot of them are different because I, I catch a lot of the um, uh, spot market freight uh, that shows mm -hmm. up. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I you know, I I can basically uh look at how many miles it is. I know the roads and what have you. I know where I'm going to run into a um a cluster as far as tra or where there's a good potential of me running into a cluster as far as traffic, as far as time of day, stuff like that, especially if I'm running around Chicago. Um so I I take all that into consideration uh before I book the load, you know, cuz I know if I can't get out of Chicago by 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I better have a place to park. Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm, you know, it's going to take forever to get out of there. So, um, what, where now, else do I go with, uh, go ahead. One go of ahead. the things that, one of the things you mentioned was, uh, that the, the pilot flying J you were looking at, they had, uh, parking, reserved parking available. Uh, that's, that's a pretty big deal for, for particularly solo drivers now, right? You, I mean, just the fact that, that you uh, can get that almost always if they have it. It's it's available to oh, you. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Becky and I use it uh, pretty regular, uh, especially mm -hmm. if I'm going to get into the area. Uh, let's talk about the northeast, which I don't even run up there anymore. But um, uh, any time that we were going to, well, well, I know when she goes to that area, uh, if she knows she's going there, I mean, maybe two or three days in advance, she'll reserve a spot there. Mm -hmm. Because um, the, it seems like there's always just solar powered trucks over there. When it starts to get dark, you're not going to be able to park. Right. Uh, so solar powered uh, trucks is a good one. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. Trust me, I'm a solar powered truck too. Uh, yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. When it's uh, when it's going to get dark, I want to be snuggled into a hole. Yeah. So, but personally. Uh, go ahead. When you when you talk about being a solar powered truck, now when we do our planning, 
uh, I like to get stopped early because you can always take off early the next day. And if you if you wait to if you try and drive too long, you know you may not be able to find a spot. So it, I, in my opinion, it's better to get stopped early when it's still light out and get a, a an easy parking space as as opposed to wait until later and trying to get as many miles as, as you can that day. If, if you you know if you have the right hours to do it, you know as a, as a team, it's easy for me to say that because you know I'm already off, you know, so I can get up and go anytime I want to. But uh, what do you think about that? Oh well, oh, exactly. well I, I mean, that's exactly that's exactly what I mean about solar, solar power truck. Um, yeah, yeah uh, I usually roll out of bed somewhere between three and four o'clock in the morning, and right. I drink my coffee, and I, you know, I kind of plan my day out, catch a little news, play with the dogs, what have you. Uh, usually by five a.m., I'm rolling. Yeah. Um, and you know that way I can get, uh, you know, I can get somewhere, get shut down early, and. Uh, still got a little daylight to go out and um, play with the dogs, go run, what, you know, whatever I'm going to do. But right. yeah, I, you know, and getting through these big cities, you know, I would much right. rather go through there at you know four or five o'clock in the morning when I'm not having to do mess with traffic. Right. Um, yeah. So, oh yeah, that's uh, I, a firm believer in getting up early, getting rolling, you know. And of course, it all depends on the loads too. But right. you know, but I very seldom book loads that have me uh deliver late at night now if the money's paying if, if there's enough money involved uh i can get over being allergic tonight yeah <laughs> yeah uh, and, but as that, long as you can figure out where but, to go and, yes exactly well exactly but then all right so say i have booked a load for uh that's going to deliver at uh, 10 30 11 o'clock at night uh i guarantee the uh, the closest place that i can find to pay park i'm gonna I already have one reserved that morning, I will have, yep. or, the day, or the day before, I because I'm sure most everybody knows, or maybe the new guys don't know, uh, you can roll into a truck stop at 10, 11 o'clock at night. You don't need a crowbar, axle grease, and an attitude park <laughs> truck about 90% of the time. Yeah. That's right. And you were talking about the Northeast. Uh, we were just up there uh, a few weeks ago, and there's actually, in New Jersey, there's a couple of uh, TAs up there that uh, even if... If you do have a parking uh, space reserve, yeah. it's hard to get into those spaces, and it doesn't make any difference what time of day you stop. And, and the, the one I'm thinking of, there's it, it's a TA, and right directly next door to it is a is a pilot. And I mean, those two truck stops are jammed 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So just a little tip there for the new drivers. The Northeast is crowded. Yeah, yeah, when you go up into the Northeast, you need to really plan your trip out. Yeah. And uh, speaking uh, oh, of reserve yeah. parking, yeah. Speaking of reserve parking, I just want to tell everybody in case they haven't listened to our previous episodes, we did a show called Trucking as a Lifestyle. We, it was a two parts. This was in part one where we talked all about parking and we explained reserve parking in that show. If you want to go back and listen to it, more detail. Yeah, it's on Let'sTruck.com/slash/AudioRoad. That's where you find it. I had something else, but you know what? My brain is, uh, uh, I don't know, my brain is currently not working. It, it, it's been another one of those days, um, yeah. uh, and I, it started yesterday, so, uh, which uh, uh, completely ruined my trip plan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> completely ruined it. That's, As a matter of fact, I ended yeah, up having to drop loads over it, but yeah. Oh yeah, and, and uh, yeah, and it happens. And, and hey, and my advice to new drivers: unless you live up there, stay out. And mm-hmm. uh, now this is personal preference, but you know. So, but I, man, I stay out of the Northeast. I, yeah. <laughs> I'd almost rather take well, a beating than have to go up there and deal with choice, that traffic. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're yeah, probably yeah, not going to have a choice. Have a choice. But, yeah. Um, so, but if you live yeah. there, you're probably familiar with everything, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, well, I, I ran into a guy uh, uh, yesterday, and that's all he does. Uh, he lives uh, in Pennsylvania in the uh, Harrisburg area, and that's all he does. Is he stays right there in the northeast, mm-hmm. you know, and he loves it. And I was like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you need to have your head <laughs> examined, but, you know, okay, I get it. You know, you're used to yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So. Yep. All right. But, uh, well, thank you very much yeah, for I think, I think all those good, tips. Uh, yep. Uh, you're quite welcome. And if I think of something else, I'll I'll punch the button. 
Yeah, okay. press the button again or send us a message. All right, thanks, Russ. Yeah. Okay. All right, y'all take care. Hang on, I'm messing up the buttons. Okay. Okay, we're going to be bringing... Uh... Yeah, we're going to be bringing on Rebecca and Seth, and they're going to talk about a couple of uh, areas that you need to be considering. Right now, this time of year. When you're doing your trip planning, and I apologize, the board is messing with me. Okay. There we go. Okay. Hey, Rebecca, hey. how you doing? Hey, Hi, Melissa. How are you? Hey. Wonderful. Hey. Well, good, good. So, wow, that was really fun listening to Russ. He had a lot of really good stuff. I, I like being a solar-powered truck myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. That's, that, I'm going to use that for that the first time I possible. heard that. I know. I like that. I like that lot. Well, um, Seth and I are going to talk about um, making sure that you understand how long it's going to take you to get somewhere. Um, And I'm going to um, go over it from the team perspective, and then he's going to talk about it from the solo perspective. Um, He's run solo a few times whenever I've, you know, had to be off with family or something like that. And um, so he's he's more familiar with that. Um, You guys just have been giving out some great information here. Um, getting in the habit of looking at the weather is now, this time of year, is really good. Because it's like mm-hmm. Becky was saying last week, how she had that system that she uses, you know, when she couples and uncouples. I think the more that you have a system, the more you're going to start just doing stuff automatically. This time mm-hmm. of year, the main thing we're looking at are, are thunderstorms. Um and, um, you know, so, and are those thunderstorms, are they going to be windy, severe thunderstorms, or are they just going to be, you know, it's going to rain? Um, but you need to know that because if the roads are wet, you can't go as fast. <laughs> so you need to be aware of that it's going to slow you down um, if it's going to be raining. And if there are going to be severe thunderstorms, you need to be aware of that, where you're going to run into them. And like you guys were saying, be able to get parked for that. I use uh, weather.gov. Um, you can see the whole country, and it's color-coded. So, um, and sometimes they'll have colors, and I won't know what they mean. Like today, I looked at the map, and I said, Montana is yellow. Hmm. What does that mean? And I looked at it, and it was child abduction. It was an amber alert. So it wasn't the weather at all. It, it was the fact that it was an amber alert. So, um, so anyway, that's really good. And sometimes, too, you'll see this, uh, like, weather.gov will use, like, a beige color, um, which is kind of, like, iffy. <laughs> that I can describe it. And they have a key there that says what the weather is. And um, one, last, I think it was two or three years ago, um, I ended up shutting down kind of after I got over cabbage um, because it was just getting really icy, and I just shut it down, and, and I, I sent in a message and said, the roads are really bad, um, I'm going to shut it down. Then I got a message back saying, can you be really specific? And I said, yes, I just passed the mile marker where a passenger bus just ran off the road and killed a whole bunch of people back there from trying to go up that icy hill. So, um, you know, you, you know, you can protect yourself um, and, you know, justify, yes, uh, this is not a safe condition for me to run in. So that's, that's really super, super important. Um, but one thing that we ran into a lot when we were company drivers, um, was how long is it going to take me to get there? And normally, we, whether we're when we were company drivers or now that we're owner operators, um, you know, we like to use 50 miles an hour as an average, um, and we're going to run 56 if at all possible. So I'm going to take the total miles that I have, and I'm going to divide it by 50, and I'm going to see how many hours. Um, it's going to take me to get there. For every 500 miles, I'm going to add an hour for my eight-hour break, for my half-hour break at eight hours. Because remember, you can't run past that eight hours, especially if you've got an electronic log. It's going to catch you. 
you've got to be able to know where you're going to take that break. And if you do it for an hour, then you're giving yourself it's because like I try to I try to do rest areas. Like right now, I'm on my half hour break at a rest area because they're easier to get in and out of. But if you're going to have to take it, maybe there's not a rest area, and so maybe you are going to have to do it at a truck stop somewhere. You're going to have to get off the interstate. You're going to have to wait for traffic. You're going to have to get parked. Um, and so you need to give yourself a little bit more time, and so that's why I use the hour break. Now, what if the time that they want it there in is not working out at 50 miles an hour? Then you're going to have to say, okay, can I do it at 60? For us as owner-operators, when we say we're going to average 60, we won't run over 62. So if we can't get it there... Um, if I run 62 miles an hour, I will be able to average 60. If I can't get it there in that amount of time, I just won't take the load. I'm, I mean, it's got to be paying a million, gazillion, bazillion dollars, you know, to make it worth it to me, my truck, um, my my state of mind for me to run at 60. But if you're under force dispatch, and that's the case, and a lot of times when we were company drivers, that would happen at Christmas. They would want you mm-hmm. to take these loads that you would look at and you would go, this is impossible. And so we would say, we would send the trip plan back to them and we would show them the math. And we would go, there's no time to stop fuel and pee change drivers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we would, we would be able to get another two, three, maybe four hours on the load, but at least two or three so that we knew that we could get that load there. Because if you know you can't get the load there and you let them know that ahead of time, that, that, that's going to, you may, there may be some consternation and stuff involved up front, but everybody's in agreement. If you take it and you can't get it there in time, and if you're under force dispatch <laughs> and you can't get it there, then you know, you're like four hours out, you're going to start getting nasty messages. Why is this late? Blah, 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 blah. So just a little bit of foreplanning like that can just mm-hmm. really help so, so much. So I hope that that kind of makes sense to people and helps them kind of, um, you know, have a plan. How, how, am I, how long is it really going to take me to deliver this load? I like to try to do my 30-minute uh, break after I've driven three hours um, because that way I can get my full eight back um, since we have 11 hours. If, if you get it before that three hours is done, then you're not going to get that eight back. Um, so I like to wait at least three. Um, so right. on that portion of what I had to share with folks, um, I'll you know let you guys you know, see if you have any comments on that or questions or thoughts. No, that's, or... that's take a moment right here to remind all the other callers that if you have a question, a comment, or a topic, go ahead and press 1 and we'll get your call screened and get you on the show. But you can go ahead, Rebecca. That's good stuff. The other thing that I wanted to remind everybody, just in my capacity as a trucking yogi, is to take time to pre-trip yourself. In other words, take some time to spend with yourself so that you are the best you that you can possibly be that day. And especially if you have a day like, you know, like Russ was saying, he'd had a really, you know, tough day today. You know, if you've taken some time to spend with yourself and, and thought about, you know, how you wanted to be in the world for that day, it's going to make that a lot better. And anybody that listens to, you know, the work that Let's Trust does on a regular basis, Kevin talks about this a lot. And one of the things that he'll tell people is, you know, think about gratitude. What are you grateful for? And if before you even get out of the bed in the morning, just when you wake up in the morning, think about what am I grateful for today? No matter what's going on in your life, I mean, you know, if you've got family members that are sick or, you know, you have a pressure on your mind or anything like that, there's still so, so much good that you can be grateful for. 
And if you can't think of anything, I'm just going to give you some that if you're listening to this show right now that you've already got. And you can thank, be thankful that you're safe, that you have an income, and that you've got a network of people to turn to to help you. And you can think about that before you ever, ever get out of bed in the morning. I've taught people a lot about, you know, meditation, feeling how, uh, you know, imagining energy running through your body. We have blood that runs through our body. We have an electrical system that runs through our body. And if we just take a second and we, you know, think about how that system is running, then we're going to feel better. We're going to feel more relaxed. And then when we do run into these frustrations, we're going to have a lot better attitude about it. Um, I know one time I had a, a, tr- uh, a flat tire, and it's like, oh, God. But because I had the flat tire and I had to sit and wait for somebody to come and fix it, I was able to stop and have some time to write in my journal and do some reflecting. And that also was back before I learned more about how to pre-trip tires. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, that is awesome stuff, Rebecca. Thank you very much for sharing uh, we're going to go ahead and you're move w- on to the next part of the show, but thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. And I'm going to pass this back back to Seth. And um, if you need anything from him, uh, he'll be there ready for you. So thanks a bunch, okay. you guys. Okay. Thank right. you. Bye. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So. Seth's going to come. Oh, no. Seth is uh, he's available in case we need him. Okay. So we're going to move on to the next part of the show. We are going to bring on Edward Prince, and he will t- be talking about planning for problems without relying on technology. Hey, Ed, you're on the air. Hey, what's going on? Hey, Ed, how you doing? I'm doing great. I, yeah, I was just uh, listening to you guys. I got to second that about taking time to yourself. I tell you what, one thing that I always appreciated uh, when I was training was being able to stop and take a break. And then, you, you know, it's kind of like the you and the student need to split up, you know, and kind of go your separate ways for a little while. And you just kind of got to tell them when you're in the truck, you know, okay, I'm going to go into Walmart, you go into Walmart, we'll be back here in a couple of hours. You know, that's how much time we got with it. got, got to get away every time. And the truck thing is pretty much you got to do it. That's that's yeah. what and, uh, hey, you're... you still hear me? Yeah. Go yeah ahead. You're you're a little garbled, but we can hear you. Okay. Well, uh, when I'm thinking about trip planning, uh, I always think about trying to make it accessible while you're driving. And now everybody these days is talking about you know the electronic and the technology that we have. Doing the research is one thing because we, we have the phones, we have the tablets or laptops or whatever. But while you're driving, you're, you're limited to that. You don't want to be able to access that while you're going down the road, especially if you're a new guy. You don't want to, you know, dig all that stuff out and be pushing buttons. Even if it's on the dash or whatever, you don't want to have to be pushing buttons. So I go back to old school, which is once you get it figured out, once you got the route planned, I've got a dry erase board. I took a, went to Walmart and you get one of those little small dry erase boards that you might put, put on a refrigerator and I, I made sure I can get it where I can, might be able to cut it and I cut it so that I could fit it somewhere in the truck. Now mine is like above my head right there where that little cubby hole is uh, and uh, and I take it a dry erase and that way I've got exit numbers to remember that I want to make sure just in case something happens. I write down the exit numbers and then you know, the highway numbers that I got to take and north, south, whatever, because you never know when it will happen. But that that GPS or whatever you got using that tells you, you know, two miles exit right, that could just go kaput real easy. And yep. then you're, you know, then, then you're kind of like, oh, no, what do I do now? You know, I'm lost. Well, that's when you start yeah. getting laughed at, when you, when you start talking about those things. It's like, I don't know where to go. The GPS doesn't tell me nothing. Well, you know, that's... Uh-huh. That's the problem, you know. So you got to be prepared, and that's that's what I like to say is is the technology. Even 
even if you spent the money, and I know you guys went out there and, and bought uh, those nice GPSs. Yeah, I, I can't bring myself to do that because I, I I use all the old systems that I've been that I've been taught over the years, and I've got a GPS that kind of gives me a, a total distance, but I don't rely on that for my direction. I just rely on that as a kind of a, you know, I don't know, just just when I'm calculating my numbers and I'm looking at the mile marker and I say, I say, hey, I've got you know 60 miles to the state line and I've got another 600 miles after that to to the destination. You know, it's that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That way I know where to stop. It's, it's when you when you're planning the stops. You know, a lot of times I'm going down the highway and I get, I get a little sick. Or, or you get a little like, you're like, you know, I need to take a break right about now. It's kind of an unscheduled break. You look at your miles and you're like, I'm good. I'm, I don't have to hurry. I'm, I'm okay. You know, kind of that. That's the only reason I use a GPS. I just use it as a kind of a total catch-all. But other than that, you know, I'm super old school. Using mile markers, exit numbers, and uh, and highways north and south. And you got to go by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually, even with the GPS, if we've got a trip that's that's really complicated, I write this the, the stuff out and, and do not the same system you have, but I used to before, uh, you know, they came out with the Rand McNally. I used to do it exactly like you do it. I had a I had a, a dry erase board, and what I would do is put like three instructions on there. And even when I was training, I would I would have those instructions on there, and I would tell my student, this is your next turn. You've got to make this turn here, and then when you get to that one there, you wake me up, and I'll I'll make sure you understand this next turn. But you know, and I, I still do that with uh, with cards. You know, on a on a really complicated trip like up in the northeast or something like that, I still write down the stuff so that so that I don't you know cause you can't rely on the GPS to get you everywhere. You know, you just you can't do it that way. You have to use the road to get there. So I agree with you 100% on that stuff. Yeah, and even even when you spend the money on those uh, truck GPSs that tell you, you know, it's going to give you the truck route. Well, it doesn't know all the truck routes, and it doesn't know all the restrictions either. So you got to watch right. out for that. Because in the state of yeah. Texas, there's, there that's one of the worst because there's not a lot of no trucks, but there is weight limits. And so mm-hmm. the route may not be restricted for trucks, but it is restricted for heavy trucks. So if you were empty, you might be legal, but if you're loaded, you're not. You know, and that's, there's a lot right. of stipulation of that. So, uh, so you got to be prepared for that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, these newer, uh, bigger, the bigger carriers, you know, they've got the, the systems in there now where, where they've got a mapping system in the Qualcomm built-in or whatever they're using. And uh, mm-hmm. I, most drivers will tell you that is that is even worse. That's not even as reliable as a GPS. It, 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 is, it goes offline every now and then to have a connection the system that goes look right, and it doesn't know everything either. So, you know, when when the company tells you, "Oh, you're okay, you're okay," you know, it's still your responsibility. You got to got to watch out for that kind of thing. That's right. Yeah, and that, okay. So that, yeah. Yeah. Technology is is a uh, is, is a guide, a tool, but it's not you know your your Bible. Don't don't ever don't ever trust technology when it comes to having faith. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. All right, that's excellent stuff, Ed. Anything else you want to add before we move on? No, it's, that's uh, that's pretty much it. I, I just, I like, uh, you know, I, I don't want people to say don't use technology. I just want them to understand that technology isn't perfect. And and other than that, you know, hey, you're talking about uh, Northeast uh, earlier and uh, and all that, and I just wanted to add that I just got I just got done spending time with my family. And uh, spent time with my great uncles, my grandmother's little brother. He's 82 years old. He lives in Seneca, South Carolina, and he still goes up to Montreal, Canada, once a week. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Great stuff, Ed. Thank you very much for calling in. We'll talk to you on another show. All right. Sounds good. See y'all guys later. Bye, Ed. Okay, and then. Uh, just to kind of expand on some of that stuff, some of the other things uh, you want to check when you're picking up and dropping off your load is you want, you want to make sure the delivery address on your paperwork matches the trip info on your Qualcomm. Uh, you know, you, you want to, you got to read that stuff, and it's probably a good idea to write that stuff down. Uh, and if there is any kind of a, 
a, a discrepancy between what you're seeing on your Qualcomm and what you're seeing on your paperwork, you want to call your dispatcher and, and talk to him about what's going on. So now we're going to bring on another guest from our group, Joe Castle, and he's going to give you some more tips about trip planning. Hey, Joe, how's it going? Doing real well, Melissa. How are you and Rick doing this evening? Doing, doing well, Joe. Great. For... Doing great. So for those listeners that haven't heard our previous podcast, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself? Well, I've been an overload truck driver a whole four years now. Woohoo! Just finished up my second lease with a company. We'll be moving on to buying my own truck here by the end of September and be back out on the road. Awesome. Thank goodness. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, spent a lot of time in the past as a computer geek or estimator, if you will, sitting on my butt, so I got really good practice at that for the truck driving end of it. <laughs> but uh, a lot of interesting challenges have come across with trucking. Uh, brand new truck driver at the age of 53, now 57, facing another 10 years for retirement, and truck driving has been very, very good to me. So I'm ready to start sharing back with, with the folks that are a little bit younger than us in the business and some other guys will appreciate some of the tips, I hope, as well. Uh, I wanted to touch on a couple things the other previous people were talking about, some really good information, that 50-mile-an-hour average and adding an hour for every shift. Uh, adding one thing in there is I've discovered, I've just recently, about six months ago, got my hazmat endorsement. And I have found, depending on the company that you want to go through, sometimes you want to add another hour just to do some additional planning because of the restrictions that you have with hazmat, plus putting your placards on and making sure that you've got packing tape and putting it all around all four sides and just going over the information and writing down the UN numbers for each one of the hazmat loads and knowing and marking those in your uh, ERG book, the Emergency Response Guide. Because if anything happens during the time that you're running on a hazmat thing, you need to have that information immediately. The only way to do that is to take that extra time, write everything down, you've got all your paperwork in line, put it in your door, ready to go. The, the weather uh, thing that they were talking about with weather.com, I have found a nice little app on the phone that I can run relatively easy and have it on the dash. Ahead of me is called Raindar, all one word, R-A-I-N, D-A-R, and it basically, once you set your phone up to have your GPS on, you click on this app for Raindar, and it'll show you all the active radar surrounding your little gray dot on the map, and it follows you along the route. One of the interesting things, especially the, the lady who was on earlier, I don't remember her name, uh, she was talking about running into, I'm sorry? It's Rebecca. Rebecca, okay. She was mentioning, talking about running into rainstorms, and the worst thing that I look for is you can look these up on the Internet to learn more about uh, bow echoes, which indicate really high winds, especially if you're running light or empty, and you start getting into your real dark colors like the deep reds and purples, you're running into a hailstorm. So you can look ahead and say, okay, here comes the from the lower left, and I'm going to go straight into it in about a half hour. Maybe it's a good idea to take an extra break. Let that storm yeah. grow across the highway, and you won't run into that stuff. And then the, the Edward was mentioning talking about writing everything down. I take it a step further in the sense that I have a three-ring small binder that has a sheet of paper in there for every trip, and I write down absolutely everything before I take off. The shipper's address, their phone number, the appointment time, the broker's number, 
the destination information, and then like he was saying, get your directions in line. Uh, Melissa and you were talking earlier about getting your atlases out, make sure your route matches with the GPS. Mm -hmm. And that way, if you run into a bad storm situation and the GPS goes out, the battery goes dead, the connection is lost, you at least still have your plan in front of you. It'll take mm -hmm. stress away from you. You won't be panicking. You'll have a, a, a way of getting there without the the uh, the technology, like Edward was talking about. Another thing, just a small thing on the technology, I found out with the Rand McNally, it kind of cost me part of a day with the stupid Rand McNally, is that once you get your route set, and you use it, what I do is I call it my vocal secretary. I've got everything written down, and then I match and make sure my GPS is doing just so that it reminds me, okay, you got a turn coming up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But what happens sometimes is if you do a lot of editing with the Rand McNally GPS and you're detouring this route or you're eliminating a small street, if you stop at a rest stop or a truck stop and you get away from the road a little bit, sometimes it'll want to recalculate. What it yep. will do, it will recalculate back to your original route. So be sure that you go back through and double-check the edits that you made so you can continue on without right. any problem. Right, and you can avoid that by, there's a setting in the Rand McNally that you change calculation to manual. That way it won't do it when you, like, stop at a rest area or truck stop. It, mine still does it. I get the 760. Oh, really? And okay. it's still, I've tried it both ways on that silly thing, and every once in a while it'll still mess me up. i got to watch and okay. be careful. <laughs> yep. And that's where all the uh, writing things down and everything comes in. That, that, you know, I mean, really, if, if you've got all this stuff written down, even if it does recalculate, you can catch it almost immediately, and that keeps you yeah, from... Uh, yeah. Was one of the other things that you mentioned when we were talking about the show earlier was talking about writing stuff down off of your Qualcomm before you go and pick up a load. You want to talk a little bit about that? Just all the information. Sometimes on the loads that I have had, you might have three, four, five, six different stinking numbers that are attached mm -hmm. to each order. And you get into some of these shippers and receivers, and if you don't have the one number that starts out with 353 or 600, you won't get them to cross-reference any of the POs, the bill of lading number, the order number. The shipper has a different order number. Just have all those numbers there. It's always a good mm -hmm. idea, too, to make sure that you have your driver's license number, your tractor license plate number, and sometimes beyond just your trailer number, some especially I've seen a pattern with the produce manufacturers or the produce processors and uh, hazmat loads. They always want the trailer license number. For those of you that don't have the same trailer all the time, you're dropping and hooking or whatever, just always have that written down too. They ask, boom, you got it. You'll save yourself 20 minutes running back out to the parking lot and getting back in line behind 10 other drivers who got there ahead of you. All right, and you look have very all your professional when you have that. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, get a notebook. My, and, yep. My, yeah, I was just my say, book get a goes with me, and, right? Uh, with yep, exactly. I was just, we were about to say it. the same thing. Go ahead. Yep. You got it. Uh, okay, so uh, we're getting down close to the end of the show, and we actually have a question on the line. Any final thoughts before we move on to our next caller? Bring on the question. <laughs> All right, awesome. Thank you All right, very thank you, much. Joe. All right. Okay, so we're just going to say one more quick thing before we get to our question, and then we will get our question answered. Uh, one of the things you also want to do when you're looking at Hey guys, this is Lisa. Not sure what happened, but I'm going to see if we can get Rick and Melissa back. Hold on.
Hey, Bill. Yes, I'm still here. Okay, this is Becky. Somewhere we lost uh, Rick and Melissa. Uh, yeah. But if you, it sounded if like you they were. Like sounds like they were traveling and they just went into a bad zone. Well, you are uh, you are live, my friend, and so I'm here to help you and and the others that are listening in. Let's see if we can help you with your. You had hours of service issues. Yes. Uh, the company I'm with, they basically. Like this current load I'm on, they said, okay, get, you got to get in the truck, start driving now. I'll send you the address. Uh, and they do that with every dispatch. And as a result, I find myself sometimes running out of hours, and the boss is saying, what are you doing? Huh. I mean, I mean I'll be, like the current run I'm on from – Eastern Ohio, all the way to Geneva, Illinois. I left yesterday. I don't deliver till Monday. I was on a trip similar to this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Okay, easy run. I'll take my time to serve my hours. I ended up running out of hours on another run. Flat out. Okay, what do I do? Uh, thankfully, I was on paper, so I straightened it out. Okay, so you're you're on a load that picked up in Ohio and Correct. delivers in Geneva, Illinois, on Monday. Correct. And so, um, how many miles is that? Do you remember? Uh, I think a total of four hundred. So. 400 miles. and Yeah, basically from the far side of camp. Are you there? Hello? Yeah, yeah I heard something about muting, unmuting. Okay. Um, basically, well, I was going from the far side of Canton to the far side of Chicago. Interstate so, 80, 90, the, almost the entire way. So 400 miles should only take you about seven and a half to eight hours. Yeah. So are you saying it's taking you more than that or? Well, a couple of weeks ago it was a case of I was already near my 70, so I was only getting so many hours. So I would, okay, take my time. I'll only use a couple hours today, get more hours tomorrow, drive a little more. And, Never got my 34 in. And as a result, well, I was up against my 70. Well, yeah. But if I, I had I planned better, I would have had my 70. Yeah, I think if, first off, 